Well, good morning, dumpsters, and welcome to Music to Go to the Dump Eye here on the stations of Radio Vermont, the children's program for adults. The two adults this morning, uh, yours truly, Jack Donovan. Farmer Dave was in the house. Good morning, Farmer Dave. Two adults. <laughs> well, I'm trying to justify the program somewhat. <clears throat> Senior citizens with nothing better to do on Saturday mornings. Yeah. That's what we are, And Jack. we love being here with you folks. Not that you're all senior citizens. We have some young people that listen to us, I think, from time to time. From time to time? From time. Well, yeah. But yeah. Of course, now with this, you know, we had to just spring ahead on the clocks. It... Uh, <clears throat> Does that bother you? Well, the younger people aren't listening, Jack, because they, they haven't got out of bed yet. Okay. You see. All right. Yes, it does bother me. I, I don't do well with spring ahead. It takes me generally a couple of weeks to come into it. Yeah. I do, I do all right with a fallback, but the spring ahead just... We're going to get into it officially, but, but does that count here in Vermont? I mean, the official first day of spring is Monday. We've got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> Here in Vermont, I think it starts about a month afterwards, it seems like a lot of the times. Anyway, we're hoping for spring, uh, and uh, we thought we'd start off with a kind of a harbinger of things to come during spring. You know, where the green grass is coming up and flowers are just blooming everywhere. Yeah. Sounds with, good, doesn't it? With, with all this two feet of snow we just got and yeah. everybody out plowing your yeah. driveways and digging up your lawn. So when spring comes, you go out and you pick that big piece of sod up and you put it back where it used to be in the lawn. Yeah. It's all good, Jack. Well, let's think about spring anyway. First day of spring coming up on Monday. Shadow of the 
Uh, yes, the Harbinger of Spring on Music to Go to the Dump By with that classic piece, Tiptoe Through the Tulips. Always an interest in how he tries to keep up with the piano, kind of falls back every now and then. But. Well, he, and, and it's like he's, he's trying to get in more notes than he's allowed time for. And, and of course, that lovely voice. That's Darling. hard to do. That I is know. a talent. It really is. It certainly is. <laughs> well, we're hoping for a good spring. That's uh, We're looking at uh, partly sunny skies, the forecast for today. That's the good news. You should be up around 41 degrees. I'll take that. And, well, I've, uh, yeah. I, I was up tapping trees yesterday, yep. Jack, <clears throat> and I didn't see any signs of spring. <laughs> no signs of spring, huh? No, there was snow clear up to places where you shouldn't have snow clear up to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my Lord. You, um... You brought to my attention a piece that we're going to play a little bit later on in the show about maple sugaring. Of course, we're right in the middle of the season now. And you know, a lot of people, when they come particularly from out of out of state into Vermont, they take a look at the price for a gallon of maple syrup. Yep. And all they do is bitch and moan about it. And then they buy it and go home. <laughs> and they buy it and go home. <laughs> but they don't realize what it takes to make maple there syrup. There is a lot and, of and work. You, and you brought that much to my attention. We had a piece. I think we we got this last year from one of our listeners out there. Uh, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. But it's it's a pretty good piece. But by the yeah, end, it is. But by, by we get to the It's a little bit long. But by the time we get to the end of it, you'll find out why it costs so much to make the maple syrup. Huh? Yes, you will. But right now... Yesterday, did anybody out there celebrate St. Patty's Day? Did you? Well, I did not drink any green beer. Yep. But I did partake of something green. <laughs> what would that be? Well, it's legal. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. <clears throat> anyway, for all of you who may have missed it yesterday, I would like to extend it <laughs> getting up this morning. Make it a long St. Patrick's Day uh, weekend. I had the pleasure of uh, visiting with some friends over at uh, Mulligan's in uh, the Granite City in Barrie. And we had the traditional corned beef and cabbage, uh, about 11.30, quarter to us. We had kind of our lunch over there. A lot of folks over there enjoying themselves. And that's, all... that's a rugged meal because afterwards, yeah, what, what the human population does in regards to global warming and greenhouse gases shouldn't even be allowed, Jack. <sighs> Thanks for pointing that out. One, two, three. Way back in history When all there was to drink Was nothing but cups of tea Along came a man By the name of Charlie Mock And he invented a wonderful drink And he made it out of hop He might have been an admiral A sultan or a king And to his praises We shall always sing And if it is done for us He filled us up with cheer Remember Charlie Mops. One, two, three, four, five. He might have been an admiral, a sultan, or a king. And to his praises we shall always sing. Our effort is done for us, he's filled us up with cheer. A long blessed Charlie Mops, the man who invented beer, 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 kindly beer, beer, beer. A bushel of a barrel of box, and scurried around the sea. That make your engine sing. Oh, 40 parts of wallop a day will keep away the facts. 
It's only eight and eight in the pot and one and six in tax. One, two, three, four, five. Hey, won't you be the Nutmeral or something or a king? And to his praise in the week shall always sing. And look for his Nutmeral, he's filled us up with cheer. Along bless Charlie, what's the matter with Benjamin? Beer, 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 Get out there and just have a beer or two among friends and have some of that delicious corned beef and cabbage or shepherd's pie or whatever your affair may be. And they do a nice job over there. Not that I'm saying anything about Mulligans, but they are sponsors of <laughs> ours uh, from time to time. And we uh, thank them for being part of the WDEV family with all of them, with the McGillicuddy's, that whole chain that uh, Dave Nelson is involved with and has been for many, many years. Always puts on a good time, and we hope you had a good time as well. Now, what's next, Farmer Dave? Uh, oh, we had a request for this. Uh, I never got to it about about a month ago. Oh, well, that's that's that's, yeah. that's, that's pretty good for us, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Usually, we would be doing Christmas songs <laughs> right about now. So, yeah. Those of you who have cable channels, I don't know how many of you are still on the stick or have the cable channels, or how many you have. A lot of folks have, you know, 50, 60 channels, but nothing on. There you go. There you go. But there's a Decades channel. I think it says on the Decades or a TV land or something. All of you Andy Griffith fans out there, you remember Andy and all of the characters out there? Yeah. How many can you name? Uh, let me see. There's Opie, yeah. Barney, yeah. Gomer, Goober. Uh, yeah. There's uh, Helen. Yeah. Helen. Who, who used to cut the hair? Um, Floyd the Barber. Floyd the Barber. Yeah. yeah. It's a piece of Americana, which is what this program is, right? Would you say? Yeah, it's a piece of something, all right. <laughs> we just try not to step in it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's the key. Don't yeah. step in it. old evening news is sure depressing. Well, this world is in a mess and it don't get better. Terrorism's in fashion and making love can kill you. Oh, but I have found a better place to go. We're all living in the shadow of the bomb. Tuned in to the lifestyles of the rich and greedy. Oh, but meanwhile, back in Mayberry, no one says the F word. Thank God for the reruns. On the Andy Show. And she's letting Otis out of jail Gomer's helping Goober drive the nail When Barney's looking for his bullet You better watch out for your toes I wish life was like the Andy Griffith Show Now they're dealing in souls on the airwaves Profits trying to make a book. But old Floyd the barber, he just goes on trimming hair. And we ain't heard the last of Ernest T. Bash, you know. On the Andy Griffith show, ain't bees cooking lamb and turnip greens. Everyone dance while the darlings pick and 
Griffith Show, a salute to that show that came along in, what, late 50s, 60s, through the 60s, anyway. Yeah. Uh, Andy Griffith Show. All right, we're going to continue along with more of the music to go to the dump by here on WDEV. We'll get to that uh, piece that we had mentioned a few moments ago about maple sugaring, the cost of maple sugaring. We'll get the real story coming up in just a few moments here on WDEV following these messages. Did you know that Radio Vermont Group Digital Services can create videos including drone footage? We've even won awards for our videos. If you'd like to learn more and see examples of our work, go to rvgdigital.com. Radio Vermont Group, we're more than just radio. And we have a great uh, sports lineup, uh, speaking of sports, (laughs) and that is uh, coming up uh, this afternoon. We're going to get into uh, exhibition baseball. A little taste of the Red Sox coming up this afternoon. Excellent. Thank God it's not any more of that March madness. They should call it Stop the Insanity. Uh, stop it. Just begin. How much of that can you watch, Jack? Judas well, Priest. Basketball fan, I suppose, as much as you want. I did watch a little bit of it last night. I caught myself doing uh, the it. The UVM game? Uh, no. Oh, you didn't watch that? No. Well, But what I was watching, I caught myself doing it, and I went, stop. You cannot be part of this. So I went and probably found, like, the Andy Griffith show where... <laughs> I like Green Acres. Uh, That's oh, a great show. Going to get into too. the old shows now? Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. What else do you like besides Green Acres? Well, Just those two? That's it. Huh? Yeah, that's it. Was there, was there ever any other TV made? Anyway, it's Grapefruit League uh, baseball. Why they call it Grapefruit League? Is it the grapefruits grow earlier in the season? Is right about this time? I have no I idea. I don't know. Maybe they use a larger ball. Sox take on the Baltimore Orioles, and that'll come at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Betwixt and between Joel Nashman with the Great Music Hall, Great American Music Hall, because then he takes us right up until... The NCAA Division III quarterfinal with the Norwich Cadets and the Endicott Gulls, and that comes in around 6.35. So we've got a, a grand afternoon for you as well right here on WDEV FM and AM. Now, you want to set up this, uh, this story here that we're going to play oh, about uh, maple sugar? Well, I, I was out. Because you're a maple sugar, aren't you? I, I, well, kind well, of. Kind of. I, I tap enough. I hang, Diabetic Dave here <laughs> hangs enough buckets so I can make some syrup for the family. Okay. Um, good. I was out. Like I say, tapping yesterday, and there was snow way up to places where you shouldn't have snow. And uh, But I remember years ago, sugaring for George Woodard Sr., George's dad. And uh, 
it was all done with with buckets, right? And you'd go out and gather, and, and generally, what would happen is the first bucket you go to and you gather, you start to take a step or two away, and you lose your step, and you dump that bucket of sap right inside your boot. So the whole rest of the day, you've got that slosh, slosh, slosh. So, yeah, sugaring is a lot of work. It yeah. used to be. It's, I mean, it's better now than it was, yeah. what with all the technology and stuff. But, but, uh, but I mentioned that the, the, uh, out of state, I don't want to say all, all out-of-staters, but folks who are not. Uh, Jack, there are Vermonters that look at the price of syrup yeah, and go, are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah, true, true, yeah. But it's it's worth it. It's worth every every single. Yeah, it is. But here's the story behind it, and it's a little bit long, so stay with us, but I think you'll like it when we get to the end. You'll find that <clears throat> the cost is not that great. Kind of a cautionary tale about misjudging the value of something that's for sale. It's based on my personal experiences and those of my better half, so I hope you'll find it useful, and I trust that you won't laugh. Living here in Vermont, surrounded by all this arboreal beauty, the consumption of maple syrup seems like a patriotic duty. So my wife and I went to a sugar house to purchase a gallon or two. Our friends always say, buy local, and that's what we thought we'd do. But when I got a look at the price, I did a double take. That can't be right. That's outrageous. There must be some mistake. My frugal Yankee heart did flips and squirmed inside my chest. I sat down quick and fanned my face and took a little rest. Sixty bucks a gallon? Why, that's highway robbery. I could tap some trees and boil it down and have this stuff for free. (laughs) My, My wife said, let's just buy it, dear, but I just could not relent. My thrifty nature took control. I would not spend a cent. I told her we'd be fools to pay for something nature provides. And the clean, fresh air and exercise would do me good. And besides... I like to be self-sufficient. I value self-reliance. And how hard could it be? I said, it isn't rocket science. (laughs) I mean, come on, between the two of us, we got two college degrees. With just a hint of sarcasm, she sweetly said, that's nice. But I don't see how it's going to help you that I went to college twice. Well, that was it. The die was cast. The gauntlet had been thrown. We couldn't buy the syrup now. I had to make my own. I'd show her I was smart enough with my own brand of knowledge. I'd prove that I could do just fine without no stinking college. So I went right down to the hardware store to get the needed supplies. When I told the clerk what I had in mind, he got dollar signs in his eyes. I said, I'll need some taps, which brought a condescending smile. He said, unless you're planning to thread the holes, what you want is called a spile. Well, with $15 worth of spiles and my slightly wounded pride, I sheepishly made my way to the door and hastily stepped outside. When I got home, my spirit soared, my quest was underway, and tomorrow's weather promised to make for a perfect sugaring day. I headed out back into the woods to look for some suitable trees, enjoying the nice mid-afternoon sun and the brisk northwesterly breeze. I found some trees and drilled some holes a couple of inches deep. I put in the spiles, and then I stopped short and almost began to weep. In the haste of my embarrassment and the haste to be expedient, at the hardware store I had forgotten one sort of key ingredient. (laughs) I had six trees, I had six spiles, but each spile would need a bucket. 
I struggled to make six milk jugs work, but finally I just said, forget it. <laughs> back, back I went to the hardware store, eating humble pie. I'll need six buckets, I said to the clerk, not looking him in the eye. Sure thing, he said, and they're on sale, just $20 a pop. <laughs> Of course, that's just the bucket. It doesn't include the top. I stifled a gasp. I swallowed my pride. It was more than I meant to spend, but I figured that buying the right stuff up front would be cheaper in the end. And really, $150 seemed a small enough sacrifice <laughs> for authentic galvanized buckets, which really do look nice. Well, I hurried home and hung them up, excited as a child. To freeze tonight and tomorrow's sun should make the sap run wild. I tossed and turned the night away. I hardly slept a wink. I'll have maple syrup tomorrow was all that I could think. <laughs> well, when I got home from work next day and checked, the buckets were dry. With the weather being so ideal, I couldn't fathom why. After a couple hours of reading and several Google searches, I came to the conclusion the trees I had tapped were birches. <laughs> well, this minor setback phased me not. I carried on undaunted. I had to go farther in the woods, but I found the trees I wanted. I drilled the holes, and if I had a lingering shred of doubt, it was washed away in an instant when I saw the sap drip out. Well, next day I gathered up the sap in an old five-gallon pail and lugged it home through the snowdrifts on my now-familiar trail. My wife said, I know you're having fun, and I don't want to spoil it, but now you've gotten all that sap. How exactly will you boil it? I've got it all worked out, I said. See, this is what I'm planning. I'll do it on the kitchen stove in that big pot you use for canning. <laughs> she sputtered about the steam in the house, but I brushed her worries off. I said, the warm, moist air will probably help with Junior's cough. <laughs> Don't sweat your pretty head, I said. I've got it all under control. So she went off to bed just as the boil began to roll. Well, it took a little longer than I ever thought it would, but around about two in the morning, it was looking pretty good. I poured it off into a jar and set the pot back down. I held the jar up to the light to admire the amber brown. I closed my eyes and was taking a sip of that ambrosia nectar when my reverie was cut off short by the shriek of the smoke detector. My eyes began to water and I soon began to choke. I looked around and sure enough, the pot was belching smoke. Curses, I thought. What idiot went and left the burner on? I grabbed the pot and ran outside and threw it on the lawn. The air in the house was smoky now, but also moist and warm. I crawled in bed beside my wife and nudged her sleeping form. She said, God, it's three in the morning. Why'd you wake me up? I said, I couldn't wait to tell you, dear. I made almost a cup. <laughs> Well, I was sleeping hard next morning when my wife got up for work, but her sudden cry of anger made me sit up with a jerk. What's got her undies in a bunch, I thought impatiently as I wiped the sleep out of my eyes and went downstairs to see. Well, the drywall on the ceiling was so dangerously moist that the screws had all made rust stains and it sagged between each joist. And the other minor consequence of my maple syrup caper, four walls of slimy dripping glue where there used to be wallpaper. 
Well, my wife's a pretty patient gal who loves me dear and true. But I couldn't boil in the kitchen again, at least that much I knew. And I figured, under the circumstances, patient gal or not, this might not be the ideal time to tell her about the pot. (laughs) Where to boil was a quandary, but there's a way where there's a will. A couple days later, it came to me. I could use the barbecue grill. That left just one small problem, which I was loath to attack. The precious canning vessel with its bottom burned so black. Well, I scrubbed that pot for hours. I scrubbed till my fingers bled. With the kids in the crowd, I won't repeat the bulk of the words I said. But finally, I had to admit defeat. I just couldn't scrub anymore. So I got another for $49.50 at my favorite (laughs) hardware store. Well, the grill was a brilliant idea. It was really boiling well. I had only maybe six hours to go as the evening darkness fell. I thought I'd get myself comfortable, so I pulled up a patio chair. But I guess I got a little too comfortable because I fell asleep right there. I awoke with a start. I looked around. I knew there was something wrong. The sap was no longer boiling, and the propane odor was strong. I deduced from the smell of burnt sugar and the sticky residue that the sap had boiled over and had doused the barbecue. The knobs were both still set to high. I could hear the propane hissing. And yeah, I know what you're supposed to do when your propane flame goes missing. In hindsight, it's not hard to see. I could have been some brighter. But without really thinking, I went and pushed the barbecue igniter. Well, the force of that explosion threw me halfway across the yard. And since that day, my wife will say, my hearing has been hard. But she was pretty sweet to me, though, and quick to offer support. Just think, she said, if you hadn't blown it up, you would have had a court. Well, I was, I was late to work next morning, groggy and stumble down tired. I cut 20 rafters a foot too short, and my boss said, that's it, you're fired. I picked up my tools and headed home, dejected and feeling like crap. But then I realized I'd have more time to collect and boil my sap. And my wife seemed to take it pretty well when she heard I'd lost my job, though she did begin referring to me as a no-good, worthless slob. But she said my projects brought her life a different kind of wealth. And besides, she said, remember my vows in stupidity and in health? Well, the next few days, I stored the sap. I couldn't boil it yet. I scoured Craigslist every day for a wood stove I could get. And soon enough, I found one, a Vermont casting stove. And I talked the guy down to just 400 bucks, and away with it I drove. Well, I set the thing up in the driveway with the firewood pile nearby and the garage right there so if it rained, I'd be able to stay dry. I was happy as a pig in mud. My setup looked just great. Tomorrow, I'd really boil some sap. Man, I could hardly wait. Now, my wife took an extra shift that next day because we had some bills to pay. And as she left, she said, there's laundry to do and feed the kids dinner today. But I was on a mission. I had 20 gallons to boil. Even if I started to fire at noon, I'd be burning the midnight oil. So I never stopped to make dinner, and the laundry didn't get done. And stoking the stove for 12 hours straight turned out wasn't that much fun. The kids put themselves to bed hungry. My wife was a tad out of sorts, and I burned a half a quart of wood, but by God, I made two quarts. I had risen to the challenge, surmounted each defeat, and surely the taste of victory had never been as sweet. 
I went to bed so happy, I'd never felt so alive. And I slept so hard, I never heard the fire truck survive. <laughs> well, the fire investigator said there wasn't certain proof, but he guessed a spark had landed on the cedar shingle roof of the two-car garage that held our cars and all my carpentry tools. And he looked at me and shook his head like I was the king of fools. I surveyed the awful wreckage of my former happy life, my hearing, my job, my two-car garage, a, a wee bit of marital strife. And I went back to that sugar house where the prices were so steep, and I asked them point blank, how on earth can you sell that stuff so cheap? Yeah, he changed his mind, didn't he, Farmer Dave? Oh, ain't that the truth. <laughs> Maple sugaring in poem form, if you will. That was uh, sent to us uh, about a year ago from uh, one of our dumpster listeners out there in, uh, uh, I forgot where, uh, Rich, in Starksboro. It's written right here, we think. Uh, and that was Buzz Kuhn, who is a, like, obviously a comedian, and he was performing at the Ripton Coffee House. And this takes us back about uh, almost 10 years when he did that. So, but it's a, it's a funny thing, a little bit long, but... As you said, it's, it's right on the money. I remember when I was 12, I was sugaring with a, yeah. a, a kid in town by the name of Alan Duffy. And uh, all we had is we had a big old pot that sat right in the middle of a wood fire. And, of course, all the ambers and everything would come up and they'd land in the pot. And That syrup was dark. That was very dark. But it ha- had a good flavor. And we'd, we'd take it down. And I remember Alan's father, Dick Duffy, he... He looked at me, and he, he said it was a good flavor. And then the next day, my dad had set us up with a wood stove. And that syrup was just as nice and light-colored. Yeah. Dick, can, he said we went out and bought it. Because <laughs> he'd had the before the wood stove and, and the, the after. after and there was it's like night and day. Well, to all of the sugar makers out there, we wish you well during this uh, season. We understand we had a call from one of our listeners uh, who says that uh, we still got a ways to go yet. Uh, you know, it's kind of been a stop and start season, but uh, there's still some plenty, plenty of time left to get some real Vermont maple syrup, that's for sure. Fresh syrup this year. All right. By the way, Wade Pearson is on the line. Do you ever make maple syrup there, Wade? Oh, yes. Yeah. Over you and do? over I, from my grandfather, my mother, right down through. And my brother is um, Stowe Maple Products right up there by Farmer Dave. Really? Oh, I know where he is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, stop in and say hi to him sometime. I don't know. Don't tell him I sent you, though. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, yeah, we sugared uh, for generations, and we do it on a hobby level. I mean, I'm skipping it this year because we've got such a late ski season. It's it's hard to be on the slopes and in the sugar house at the same time, or at least to tie them together by yeah. day and night. But used to do it, but pretty exhausting, but good times. So. And I've heard that sugar poem a number of years ago yeah. when I get uh, acquaintances or, or business uh, connections out of state and they ask about it every time when they hear I'm up, up here in Vermont, uh, uh, I refer them to that link to listen to that, to take 12 minutes and listen to that whole thing and it'll yeah. pretty much put it into perspective. Boy, doesn't it though, huh? Yeah, and, and uh, as a kid, yeah, we burned a few pans and seeing sugar uh, burn the way it does, I don't know why Vermont can't just run our public transportation on, the, on that stuff. There you go. I'm yeah, <laughs> maple-powered buses and taxis and Ubers and everything. I don't know why we can't do that. We'll have, we'll have to have to refine that down and figure it out. We'll have a niche market here in Vermont. There you go. <laughs> a lot of fun. Sugar season is a special, special time. 
got some new folks from out of state that moved here to town. I'm going to take them out on a little sugar house tour and, you know, introduce yeah, them next, to uh, and, and what's going on. Next so, weekend's a big weekend, I understand. Next weekend's a big weekend. I might try to make some of that, yeah, finally. Yeah, so if you're not big... sugar in, you can go to somebody else's sugar house and watch them, you know, boil and toil all night long. So. Well, let's get down to the business at hand now. How, how's yeah, your... but we are skiing. You are? Good. Uh, we did yesterday. We skipped Wednesday because that was wet, heavy stuff, and it just took some time to get it back to where it was going to be good. And, and it is good. The coverage is unbelievable. We've been gaining, or as Roger Hill says, a curing snow depth over the last three weeks and not losing any. So warms up just enough during the day to ski soft and fast and then freezes up at night and puts a hold on it and just extends it a little longer. So I think we've got a few weeks ahead of us still. And uh, we'll probably do just a Wednesday this coming week, you know, after this weekend. So it's today and tomorrow, right. noon till 4. Um, looks a little chilly tomorrow, so we'll, we'll, we'll scrape it up a little bit with the tiller. Leland will be out grooming, and we might get some snow on top of that. A little added bonus should be pretty good both days if you want. Warm and soft, little spring conditions, and that's today. And little, little, uh, what do they call it? firm and fast, and little frozen granular tomorrow. That's what we'll have tomorrow. But both days are supposed to be fantastic for skiing. And Wednesday looks warm. We'll do another spring day, spring day skiing event on Wednesday, noon to four. Also, that's always fun to skip out of work or school midweek and, and go do it. But our Fridays are probably pretty much done. Yesterday, schools are off in the local area, so we got quite a few kids came over and. That was a lot, of, a lot of fun to kind of close out the Fridays. And yeah, once you get into the, once you get into the forties, it kind of dampens the season a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, well, then again, it's a whole different kind of skiing. We've had a lot of that, so I don't know if that's our if that's our global global uh, warming climate or what. We may just have to learn to ski different. That's all. That's for sure. And uh, but we went through the last two Saturday nights have been extremely successful. Rope toe madness on the uh, on the rope toe and under the lights. Those have been, those are great events, full capacity. Uh, just great time, nothing but rope toes after dark, and what what a blast that was! Two nights, two weeks in a row, and we'll close that all down and do it again next year, as far as that goes. And just straight up skiing for the rest of the rest of the season. Go ahead and um, visit us on northeastslopes.org. Watch our hours and conditions, and we'll keep it real and keep it fun until. Tell us done. Tell us, hey, you got a little rhyme there, didn't you? Huh? I guess I did. Took a lot of poem. A snow rapper. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's a tribute to the old ski uh, toe, if you will. And which, uh, which, which one do we got today? The old ski toe. That's yeah, the one. old ski toe. That's what we're going to play today. All right, great. And we'll talk to you again next week. Maybe, uh, maybe it'll be our swan song next week, as far as the dump show goes. But you never know. I, I like to see. Th- I like to see the ropes and the lift turning until at least April <laughs> Fool's Day, because that could be a fun day too. Wade Pearson from Northeast Slopes out there at East Corinth again. How do we get to you, see you? Well, we're right 10397 10, Route Twenty Five, East yep. Corinth, Vermont, and it's uh, about eight miles west on Twenty Five from Farmway. And um, coming down from all your all your vendors and stores in Barry Montpelier, you come down three hundred two. Junction to 25, go east on 25, about another five miles, and you'll be right there at Northeast Slopes. There you go. If you want in, any more information about what they do down there, you can go to the uh, website. Uh, I imagine it's just Northeast Slopes, right? At northeastslopes.org, and, and, but we don't give too much information. Some, uh, some stuff is TMI, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you next week. Great, thank you. All right. The rope lift is the cheapest kind. Way and up we go. Burns your hands, your legs, and your whole behind. Pay your money on the old ski toe. Waiting's not for me and you. Way and up we go. 
Let's sneak around the line and beat the queue. Pay your money on the old ski toe. The gondola, your form in falls. Way, hey, head up we go. Oh, it's pretty safe if the cable holds. Pay your money on the old ski toe. The J-bar lift is sudden death. Way, hey, head up we go. It's a single seat for the bad of breath. Pay our money on the old ski toe. And the T-bar makes a pretty toe. Way, hey, head up we go. But if you sit down, you're deep in the snow. Pay your money on the old ski toe. The pommelift was made in France. Way, hey, head up we go. Makes the girls return for another chance. Pay your money on the old ski toe. So if you must ski from a way up high, way, hey, and up we go. Well, you're much better off if you learn to fly. Pay your money on the old ski toe. A salute to the old ski toe, which you will find there at Northeast Lopes out there in uh, East Corinth. Worth a trip this weekend, that's for sure, as you heard. Got a couple of notes. We'll be back with more on music to go to the dump by. What we're going to play next, Lord only knows. In decades past, you opened a business, hung out your shingle, and the customers came. Today, hanging out your shingle means creating an engaging website. The modern consumer is using the Internet to find businesses like yours. Are you positioned so you'll rise to the top of their search? Let the Radio Vermont Group Digital Services work with you to make sure you're visible online and to target your marketing to location, demographic, and interest. Learn more at rvgdigital.com. That was a short message, wasn't it, Farmer Dave? Apparently that's all we have this break. That's Uh, all we need. That's all we need to move along, huh? Uh, as far as the weather forecast, we said uh, earlier that uh, it's going to be a pretty decent day today. Just a chance of a, a slight chance of a rain or snow shower before 8 tonight. But most of the day, it's a partly sunny forecast with highs near 41. So get out and enjoy it. Uh, looking at Sunday, 40% chance of snow showers, mainly before 3. Mostly cloudy with highs near 29. And then it looks like a relatively mild week with daytime highs mostly in the 40s all week. And overnight lows will be in the upper 20s to around 30 degrees. So I guess we're getting closer and closer to spring. How far it is? It's coming. Yeah. You know, one thing I've noticed this year, What's that? towards the latter part of this year anyway, is uh, the, the weather guys have turned into the – they starting to sound like sports casters. They just get so excited over a little snow jack. It's, it's unreal. They've, 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 they've upped their game. Up their game. Yes, it's, uh, and then we get the storm and it's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Although this last one, we did, we, we got two feet of it. It, uh, it didn't blow good. It didn't plow good. I've raised hell with my driveway and people's lawns. Courtesy of the plow and the snowblower, and yeah. and I have shoveled enough of the stuff that I don't care if I ever see it again. But <laughs> that's the way it is. I had something. I'm reaching back for it, Farmer Dave. If I can find it here, I wanted to mention a friend of ours, yours and mine, and friend of WDEV for many many years. Our good friend George Woodard. He said it was. It took six years in the making. He's 
It's about right, I think. We've yeah. been talking about this for a long time. And I think it's ready to go next weekend, as, as I've been looking at uh, an article that I saw in uh, on their website the other day. I forgot their website. It's a cool network website. It's something like Mudflap something. Hanging Mudflap? Hanging Mudflaps. That's what Hanging it is. Hanging Mudflap production, I believe. That's right. Yes. If you want to find out all about it. We're speaking about George Woodard and his uh, film called The Farmer. And it takes place, uh, well... As they say, uh, Calvin Dillard leaves uh, a bride behind and is shipped off to war. And uh, it's 1944, so that would be World War II, and uh, in Belgium, and he's involved in the Battle of the Bulge. And uh, it's all made uh, locally. And we, you're a George Woodard fan, as we are here at WDEV. Hyde Park Opera House is the first of a number of showings. And that is next Saturday, so a week from this Saturday. It's a 6.30 on Saturday, and then there's a matinee in the afternoon at 2. So we highly encourage you to pick out uh, a date. There are more to come as soon as I find out what those are. But And if uh, George is listening uh, some Saturday, wants to call in here and talk about it, he's welcome to. And he's a very busy guy. You tell me he's got his hands on everything, right? Oh, he's he's still doing final editing on it. We, we got a <laughs> Up couple. Until the day before. Yeah, we got a couple more shots we got to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you involved with it anyway? I I have been. Um, it's you know it's weird because uh, his other movie that he did the the summer of of Walter Hacks. Yes. Yeah, I was in that for a brief period, and uh, somebody asked. I, I haven't got back to the guy. He's a he's a dumper, and uh, he was down in Virginia, and he asked George to ask me what it was like to be in a movie. Well, there was a scene in that movie where I was supposed to be really, really mad, and I'm coming around the corner, and I just got this big, dumb grin on my face, Jack, and George goes, no, 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 cut, 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 you're supposed to be mad. And I go, how can I be mad? I'm in a freaking movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, it's a good time. Yeah. It's a, uh, I had one scene in this one where I have Henry in the truck beside me. That's George's son. And I'm in like a, I think it's a 1930 Model A truck. Jack, I reach back to grab for a seatbelt. <laughs> I hate those things. Uh-huh. And here I am in this old truck. And I looked at Henry and I went, no seatbelts? And I'll bet the airbags don't work either. But it's called The Farm Boy. Yep. It's uh, George Woodard's new film uh, from Hanging Mudfly Productions. So we said six years in the making. It opens up at the Hyde Park Opera House. Next Saturday at 6.30, and then on Sunday at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. And he's going to bring it home to Waterbury, too, I'm sure. And uh, I think there's another location. We'll find out more about that and let you know in the weeks ahead. And as I, if you're listening, George, anytime you want to give us a jingle here, we can talk a bit about it as long as you want or as little as you like. There you have it. All right. Now, this is something that we're going to be finding, if not already, at this time of the year. And I think you'll agree with me when you listen to this. Crossing the highway late last night He should have looked left and he should have looked right He didn't see the station wagon car The skunk got squashed and there you are You got your dead skunk in the middle of the road Skunk in the middle of the road Stinking the high heaven 
Now, the year was 1973. Somehow that got into the top 20 of that year. Uh, with For Loudon Wainwright III. You remember that song? I Ed do Skunk remember that song. Yeah, spring, we kind of break that out to let you know about what you may see or may come upon at some point in the next few months. That's for sure. Okay, we're getting down to the final. We got time for a dog song this morning? Of course we do. We always yes, have time we for make it. time for a dog song. All right. Have we got a dog song? Yeah, I think we've got a dog song. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. Oh, there it is over here. Is that the dog song? Oh, yeah. yeah that's a dog song. That's a dog song. <laughs> I believe we ought to sing, Homer. Now? Now. How much is that hound dog in the winter? I do hope that flea bag's for sale. How much is that hound dog in the winter? The one with the long mangy tail. I'll give you two bits for that hound dog. The one with a sad aching heart For he looks so much like my girlfriend I can't hardly tell him apart Is that? That is a hot dog, Homer. Boy, you mustered that up, didn't you? <laughs> I must take a trip to Louisiana. Leave her and that hound dog alone. While I'm eating shrimp and jambalaya, they'll be home a gnawing a bone. I don't want a monkey or a baboon. I don't want an old muley cow. I don't want a crappie or a catfish. A catfish could never meow. Basketball nose on its face. You know what a basketball nose is. It dribbles all over the place. For all the dog lovers out there, there are many of them here at WDEV. This radio station is full of them, by the way. I've been here a long time. Seems that everybody who comes here to work for WDEV has a dog in one way or another. Except for you, you don't have a dog, do you? No, and nah. I, you know, I I don't see my cat wanting to come for ah, a walk either. There's a, there's the story. Come on, Sammy, let's go up him twenty three stairs up to the studio. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about it. Yeah, how people realize that when when they come to see WDEV, if the front door is closed, you got a ways to come up the side to do it, don't you? Yeah, you get up. Top of them 23 stairs, and you realize that the air is thin. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's all good. Okay, you got any final thoughts for the folks out here? I think we have time for one more, perhaps, and then uh, we'll have to call it a day. We'll call it a morning or whatever. I don't have any final thoughts, Jack. <laughs> Boy, that was... You know, that was... I, I, I have been a little nicer of late, as you've noticed. Uh, I haven't gone well, off on DMV or that oh, yeah. stinking pile of horse manure we call Vermont State Inspection. I haven't gone down that road because I think I'm dealing with karma, Jack. Karma? Um, yeah. Um, I've done all the mechanical stuff on the truck, and, and, and it's inspected, and it's, it's, it's legit. But the radio keeps going out on me. And I think it's because of my bad mouthing of the DMV, and uh, so you, I, I you think they would take that kind of retribution? I think they have that kind of power, Jack. Okay. I really do. <laughs> the DMV. Huh? So I'm I'm going to be popping the hood and crawling underneath the dash and checking yeah. it out. And once I find out what the problem is, if it is mechanical, electrical, or whatever, I will then come back with, as Ted Kennedy would say. Renewed vigor. <laughs> and I will hit that steaming yeah. pile of horse manure we call Vermont State Inspections. Well, I'm glad we finally got it out of you this morning. Yes. You're a little laid back this morning. Yeah, a little, yeah, a little bit. Down there. Yeah. It's time, isn't it, Jack? It is time. Yes, it is I time. I haven't a clue what it is we're playing for the hymn Oh, we're going to take you to the other shore. Are we? Yes. Good. Then that means that I shan't be singing because well, well, we you all... Well, you can. Yeah, but I can't hit There's... them notes. Oh, okay. So, dumpsters, it is time. To put your hand on the radio, gotcha. to feel the spirit, to, as I say, repent from what it is I've done this last hour. Thankful that I actually did spring ahead on my clock and I'm not late for being in here today, Jack. Yeah. But it, it is time for the hymn of the day. As we reach the twilight hours of our fleeting earthly time, and know we May think with deep regret of all the things we leave behind, but all oh, my friends do not give in to sorrow. On the other shore, on the other shore, we will reunite with all the things we ever. Our single stocks will all be to their rightful pairs restored. We'll meet all our possessions on the other shore. As we near those golden sidewalks floating on the clouds above, assuming heaven is our destination. We may glance behind for one last look at everything we love, but truly there's no call for reservations. On the other shore, on the other shore, we'll have piles and piles of jeans we can't fit into anymore. We'll wear all those crazy cowboy shirts we got from Fred Labore. We'll meet all our possessions on the other shore. We'll find books we bought in college and sold for half price unread. 
And sax and sax will be ring backs lost under someone's bed. And baseball cards and army men and model planes galore. And every tiny plastic high heel Barbie ever wore. On the other shore, on the other shore, we'll have giant storage units free of charge forevermore. Where our tax receipts will all be saved in bags upon the floor. We'll meet all our possessions on the other shore. On the other shore. We'll find National Geographics from 1974. Our children's art will cover God's refrigerator door. We'll meet all our possessions on the other shore. You know, Jack, I'm wondering when you open God's refrigerator's door if there's actually anything in there to eat. <laughs> All right. All right. There you go. They get up high. You're right. Yeah. 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 I thought you could get up that high, but apparently not. uh, I don't know. I'll work on it, maybe. But there you have it, dumpsters. This show, heard each and every week at this time. And it's the best hour in radio. Oh, I knew you were going to sneak that in toward the end. Best hour in radio. Music to go to the dump by. Heard each and every week this time on the stations of WDEV in memory of Buster and Marie. I just wonder, have you ever taken seen a survey on that as as to whether we're number number one on, on Saturday mornings? Would anybody doubt what I say, Jack? That we're number one? Oh, I forgot Farmer Daddy. I'm sure everybody's giving us the finger, Jack. We're number one. <laughs>